Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is by having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scott, and with me are co-hosts Rob, Robbie, and Will today. So uh, before we get started and breaking down what we have, well, we have a lot to talk about. Um, there's the Bungie Sony purchase, which is huge. There's a massive TWAB, including weapon crafting and a bunch of sandbox changes. So, so uh, before we get started, Rob, what's one thing you've been up to this week in Destiny? Uh, <laughs> oh, at the beginning of the week, <laughs> I... You know, it's funny, I've been playing a ton, and I just totally spaced, like, what have I been doing? Uh, I grinded out Dares of Eternity so I could get the uh, uh, Forerunner Catalyst, because at the time, I was concerned that the rank was going to reset at the beginning of the season. Um, but I think it's pretty much been confirmed because they stated in a previous TWAB what what, what rank resets or reputation resets were going to happen at the season and Xurz was explicitly not in there so anyone who's concerned that they need to grind out to rank 16 before the end of the season I think you're fine I think that's the only one that won't reset um, although it wasn't explicitly stated but at the time I was concerned I really wanted the Forerunner Catalyst because uh, I want that sweet sweet uh, grenade um, so that's what I've been doing. Um, and then also just trying to finish some additional pursuits, trying to check off some of those boxes that we were talking about earlier. So, yeah, checking off boxes before um, you have nine million other boxes to check. Right. Come, come and, and helping Scotty finally get to light level 400 in D1 has been something else that I've been working on this week. And that is what I have been up to this week as well. So that, that, that's been fun playing Destiny 1. And, and thank you, Rob, for all the help. It's, it's, it's been oh, enjoyable. Yeah. It's been very enjoyable. Yes. Um, Robbie, what's one thing you've been up to this week, Destiny? I jumped on Tuesday morning after reset and I did Proving Ground finally. I've been neglecting doing it and it's the only one I needed for my Gilded Conqueror title. So, yeah, Tuesday I finally jumped in, got it second try, silly dead on the first run, but uh, yeah, I'm, Sick. I finally gilded it. And uh, thanks for telling me I don't need to grind. Uh, remaining levels of theirs uh, this season so yeah i don't have to so again this it was not <laughs> confirmed but if you kind of read between the lines because they didn't explicitly they 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 basically called out every other reputation and that it'll reset but they did not include zur in that list and it makes sense because it's a longer kind of reputation grind than a lot of the others um but yeah i'm pretty sure you're okay and you don't need to mm. to get to rank 16 if you want that that catalyst for four that's, that's good uh, and one thing i should say about running this is i actually finally used arbalist with the new champion thing it's got for for barriers and wow that that thing's great i yeah i use arbalist all the time in in legendaries that's like my go-to yep um will what's one thing you've been up to this week Desi? Uh, finished a couple of catalysts, and then I did um, my first time loss Vapebringer Templar, couple checkpoints of that, and then PvP. Nice, congratulations oh. on your time loss. <laughs> right, yeah, like four months late, but yeah. How was trials? Did you guys play the other night? Yeah, yeah we played yesterday. <clears throat> cool, 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 cool. Played a, played a couple of Rob's clanmates too. Cool. Yeah, Rob, we we played some of your random architect buddies. Oh yeah, no way, who? Well, you'll uh, tell me. And uh, 
Oh, the pandas. They're and good. Somebody else. But we sent them back to the but reef, which is unfortunate. They're, they're in Australia, though, so so they, they lag a lot. Uh, yes. I'll, and I'm they use Shappy a lot. And they go in as a Shappy and sit in corners. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Will made a point to let them know that he did not like that they did that. <laughs> it's okay, though. It's all good fun. But All in good fun. Yeah, it's all part of the culture, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't send a message or anything. I, you know, it was just... Gentle oh, up and down on the crouch button, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just yeah, making exactly. sure that your your circle wasn't <laughs> exactly. And well, my I got stick drift, so you know it just happens yeah. sometimes. I can't control it. Oh. Dude, the Joy-Con drift, man. <laughs> so don't get the, started uh, on that. <laughs> I was actually really good this week. I mean, the map's horrible, but the cap zone is actually. I hope they bring that back permanently. To be honest, I think that's like probably the best version of trials we've ever had. The, oh, having like the, the zone, zone yeah. right away. Yeah, I just we don't have we haven't had on a good map yet. Like Wormhaven's not a great map. Interfall, I cannot stand that map. But you know, and I want to say we only had like in the card card and a half that we played. I think only super was used a handful of times. Yeah, which is good because it it almost like it ultimately usually only comes down when it's like four on like four to four as like kind of a final tiebreaker which makes it a little more exciting um but ultimately it it wasn't the deciding factor like well they only won because they got their super a bunch of times or something like that like it was nice to kind of remove that variable from right. trials right and the games are faster too because like usually like in this mm-hmm. is, you know it's not it sucks but sometimes like when a team has a super you know third round you have to start playing passive exactly because you're not going to run out of an arc strider or something so yeah no it was it was good it was a lot of fun right cool cool so Let's dive in to our very first topic, which was quite a way to start off the week. Let me just say, they just kind of dropped this at the beginning. I believe this was like a Monday or something. And Bungie announced that PlayStation has bought them for, I want to say, what was it? $3.6 billion or something like that. Yep. With a, with a B. With a B, which is insane. So they officially have joined Sony Interactive Entertainment. And so... Apparently, they're still independently publishing, um, so they still retain full creative freedom over their game and stuff like that. But now they have resources from Sony to you know do whatever they want, hire people from Sony and networking and stuff like that. So, um, I've got I've got my own personal opinions, but I want to hear what you guys think first. So, Rob, when you first saw this article, what was your initial reaction? Um. I really, really hope we don't ever go back to a PlayStation exclusive in some form. Um, I think that was a huge kind of problem point for people like in even the early days of D1 when PlayStation got an exclusive strike and got exclusive exotics. Um, I think dividing the player base is always the worst part of this game more than anything else. Um, and and we've made some huge strides in not having that. And so my my first concern was, are we eventually going to I know they've they've said in the in the foreseeable future or whatever wording specifically, they said all the way till Lightfall that they're not going to do any kind of like dividing Xbox and PlayStation. Like we're going to keep cross play. We're going to keep cross save all that stuff. Um, but what concerns me is like, what's the future of Destiny? And are we going to alienate? some subset of the player base because 
we have some kind of PlayStation exclusive. And even if it's something stupid like Robbie, you're making a joke like a Spider-Man skin or something like that. <laughs> like, like I, I, that kind of stuff concerns me. Um, and I don't, I don't want it to ever exist in Destiny. I don't think it has a place. Um, in its current state, I think it's kind of the coolest that we've ever been. Where it's like, hey, I've got a buddy. Um, one of my neighbors actually plays. Uh, on PC, and now because crossplay is a thing, we can play together, and like that's awesome. So that's my biggest concern: is are we ever going to drop a huge part of the community or alienate the community again? That was my initial thought, um, and even kind of some of the stuff that they were phrasing in the article. I'll, I'll, I want to look up what it is before we kind of like leave this topic, um, but that's like a that was something that kind of worried me. Other than yeah. that excited uh, i think the ultimately the resources are cool having more access to other studios i mean some people say that vicarious visions contribution to forsaken was some of the best content we've ever gotten mm -hmm. um and you know that's that's debatable but ultimately there's no denying what their contribution did to the game as a whole um and so knowing that there's additional resources that that bunch can tap into um and kind of the support from sony i think is ultimately all positive and better um then without having additional help um but hopefully there's they're you know they saying they say that they're staying independent um but ultimately how much intervention is sony eventually going to to include and you know it's just like for now everything's good i think up until lightfall which is 2024 i think we're okay but beyond that is kind of like what are the future ramifications and i don't think that'll be clear until we cross that bridge so yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring this up until um, I went around the hypothetical table here, but you brought it up. So, oh, sorry that no, you're you're all good. Um, they say they're self-published, creatively independent, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really buy that for a second, because if you, a major corporation not only invests, but buys a company for three point six billion dollars, they're going to want to have some sort of say in what happens with the product that is being produced. Right. And so, I, I mean, I, I don't think so. You don't I, think I so? I will disagree with you, but please go on. No, no, go ahead. I want to hear your rebuttal. Okay. So the, the, the thing broke on, I don't know if you guys uh, ever see this website, but it's like games, gamesindustry.biz or whatever. It's like gaming, like corporate news, more, more than actually gaming news, right? Right. And the guy broke the news about uh, Sony buying Bungie the same day that they announced it. And he said that basically they've been talking for like six months prior to the announcement. So right. this was like, you know, a long ways coming. It's not like it was like, a, you know, we decided to buy it and we bought it. And apparently what he was talking about and, and what he said later on his on his socials and stuff was that what Sony wants, and I think, and Again, I'm, I make fun of this situation a lot of like people on, on Instagram that I see all day being excited about Halo coming to PlayStation and then realizing that Bungie doesn't own Halo anymore and kind of being the only thing that they care about and then kind of, you know, being disappointed when they realize that it's Destiny, not Halo. And I make fun of that, yeah. But I think the one thing that everybody wants, and you'll agree with me because I think you said this before, um, they want that magic thing that Bungie has to make a live service game work because everybody's tried to do it and nobody's figured it out. Right. And so from the talks that this guy has of the Sony people and all this business insider thing is that what they're interested in is going to be poaching some of those people, poaching some of those ideas. 
trying to get that Bungie magic and incorporate it in some of other Sony's games and, you know, push that live service thing that we get going on over here. Interesting. And, and you don't think that's going to like spill over into Destiny and all? The whole, I, I don't know, the whole live service thing makes me think monetization stuff. And well, I don't want to see too much of that spill over into what Destiny is right now. Right. But I think, you know, the, the thing I understood about hearing this and, and what I feel the same is that a lot of other games like Fortnite or something else, they got these monetization schemes where like something feels, you know, super time specific. And if you don't get it, you missed out. And I don't know, it's, it's more about collaborations. It's like they don't stand on their own. And Bungie has all this great, you know, lore behind the game. And, and we keep buying stuff that kind of doesn't make sense. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to be associated with other franchises or other IPs or nothing, you know, like it's just inside jokes and, and funny things that people love. And we still buy the cosmetics and, and all that stuff. And I think maybe that's, that's the thing that they want to, understand and i feel like a lot of people would like to understand even myself as a player is like what makes this game so different so good that it doesn't need to stand on the shoulders of other things you know it can just be its own thing and and be so long lasting what eight years now and other games they you know they yeah they come out and and they sell all their microtransactions and then they just burn out and people move on but this game didn't do that and so I don't think that the reason why is like, yeah, let's learn how to make microtransactions because they could do that and they've been doing that in other places forever. I think the reason is like, how do we keep people playing, you know? Yeah, and it's definitely for me, at least, it's not about the microtransactions in this game. Yeah. Okay. So overall, you think this is a good thing? Yeah, I think... Uh, if anything, I don't think we will see a lot of repercussions with Sony like overseeing Destiny. I might be more interested in Sony being part of the other game, like the PvP game that Bungie is working on, and you know, seeing how that works, or or Bungie going into you know different IPs. Like why Sony can give them something, and I don't know more. You know what? The the most excited I've been is the, like the server space. Just give them more server space. I'm stop bolting everything. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, Will, what are your thoughts? What was your initial reaction to this announcement? Um, I'm. I mean, it sounds good to me. It sounds like they're gonna have bigger production value, and then like movies, which would be super cool too. Um, but like when you buy a company though, you're always like having a say in what that company does. It wasn't like they invested in Bungie. They actually purchased Bungie. I think we'll see a bunch of PlayStation choices come up later. So I think it's too early to really like speculate or, you know, like what they want to do with the franchise, like where it's going to go after what Bungie already has planned. Um, as long as you don't get micro, I mean, like I'm okay with microtransactions, but like no, yes, only stuff. I think that's kind of corny. I think we're past that point too. I, I don't think they would ever back with another company they'd be like oh you have to make this for this specific um console right like i think we're kind of past that point um i i would think so as well my my concern is that they specify like hey destiny will stay on all current platforms and expand to new platforms we're we're, we're staying multi-platform crossplay is a thing etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't see anywhere 
in their announcements that say like we're not going to have PS exclusive. Right, right. And I think we have to, you know, realize that when Activision bought Bungie or, you know, published their stuff, it was a different time period. I think right. more and more games now are coming out that crossplay is the norm. I think yes. that'll always be a thing. I think I think this is a good thing going forward, but I, it'll take time to see what they really actually do. I think more production value for them, too. I mean, they've been hiring like crazy. Yes. So, you know, I, I think this is a good thing. I don't know. It, it'll have some... Maybe some bad repercussions that we, I don't know if we'll see ever, but um, but for the most part, yeah, more production value, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. And it wasn't like a knee-jerk reaction to Microsoft buying Halo either. It's been, it's been the process for a couple months or six months, so I'm not excited for it. Buying Activision Blizzard, you mean? Yeah, yeah, my bad, yeah. So, so something that, that also concerned me is... Um, not to go, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but uh, the previous company that I worked for in real life uh, was acquired by a much, much larger company um, that does uh, government weapon type stuff. And so the company that I worked for, a lot of people left because they didn't like that we were now owned by a company that made like weapons for the military. Um, and something that I was kind of concerned about is our... our uh, I stayed. I didn't leave because of Just that. So I left. Clear listeners, he stayed. I did stay. Uh, <laughs> I'm I, sorry. No, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, we're not going to go into pol- political uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, Are no, you no, an arms dealer? No, no. <laughs> I, he works I, for Omelon, man. Yeah, which we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. No, practice, I, Rob. No, but I, I worked. I worked. Uh, I've I've worked in government agencies in the past, so I don't have like a problem with any of that kind of stuff we're not gonna go into the politics regardless i stayed at the company after that transition um but i know a lot of people left because of the the parent company that bought us um and kind of how they felt about that and so something that i was worried about is are a bunch of bungee employees going to leave because maybe they don't like what sony does or they don't like how they do exclusives or something like that um but it sounds like Sony kind of already took that into consideration and they spent $1.2 billion to uh, retain Bungie talent, which I think is super important. Um, obviously, I don't think there's a whole lot of details on what that quite means, but uh, it sounds like that was kind of a cool thing too, is because I know anytime a, a parent company buy, like a huge company buys a smaller company and, you know, Bungie's small, I would say in the scheme of, you know, compared to Sony, um, but the fact that they they kept that in their minds and are trying to keep key employees is really really important because like because that that's a huge that was a concern that I had is like okay Sony's gonna buy Bungie bunch of Bungie employees are like yeah we don't want this like giant parent company telling us what to do I'm gonna go leave and work for another company and then now Destiny loses some of its its sauce because so we we're they're gonna lose a bunch of kind of key players that are like really what makes destiny destiny or what makes bungie bungie you know um but the fact that sony is actively trying to keep like they're not they're not just trying to buy bungie for its like ip and gut it and just let it die like no they want bungie to stay its thing and they're like they're actively trying to retain employees so that means like that's really important kind of in my perspective like that i think this is this is a sincere transaction and like obviously yeah like what you were talking about robbie like they want Bungie secret sauce that makes live service games work so well because we've had how many destiny killers quote unquote come along and fail because they they failed to capture the magic that has made this game last for seven straight years um 
And I think Sony wants whatever that magic is, but they're not trying to gut the company. Like they they want to learn from them. They want to invest themselves into that and and keep it going. And at the same time, keep Bungie kind of together and and retain whatever its magic is to make sure that they're fruitful and long running as well. So I think it's a it was a wise way to go about purchasing a company like this. So I overall I'm I'm excited. And I, yeah, I think we're gonna get movies or TV shows or something like that. I just I, I think we should we should make a bet now of how long it's gonna be until the inevitable Destiny movie and someone's got a Sony via computer in it, even though it's gonna be way in the future. <laughs> so True. It's true. It's true. Um, Yeah, I think it's obvious that Sony, what's a really good sign is that I think it's obvious that Sony understands and and values Bungie in its current state. Yes. Um, So they're committed to keeping it that way, which which is definitely a good sign. So it's not like they're coming to shake it. That was my whole point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if they touch something else or whatever Bungie works on in the future, I would definitely see that, like Will was saying, you know. But I think Destiny is the one thing that, like you both just stated, that they're probably going to leave alone. Like, right. why mess with it if it's the only one that's working? Yeah, it's making money. It's making a lot of money. Um, don't, yeah, don't, don't fix what isn't broken. And, and Bungie wouldn't put themselves in a position where they'd have, oh, and like knowing they're going to have microtransactions. Like there's no I, way a <laughs> track yeah. division or, or it goes completely wrong. And then, you know, Bungie's like, Oh, we, we, we didn't like it here and they leave. And then Sony keeps destiny and now Microsoft owns Halo and Sony owns destiny. And then Bungie does something new. I don't know. Right. That would be like the third option in the future. Yeah. I also, I wouldn't be surprised also. Um, I'm not, I'm not super business tech savvy, um, but just from what I've seen from like, like I said, the last company I worked at when they got acquired, usually there is a change of the guard in upper management. So I I wouldn't be surprised if Pete Parsons, like he, he probably got a nice fat paycheck from this. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he steps down in the next six months and someone else comes in, not necessarily um, because he's forced to, but typically that's what happens when a big company buys a smaller company is there's like a changing of the guard and you have kind of a reshifting of like upper management. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if like Pete Parsons eventually leaves. He may, he may also just really enjoy working at Bungie and, and want to stay. Um, but a lot of the time that happens. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some upper management changes kind of, we won't see it for another like six, seven months, probably, or maybe a year, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of that stuff happens. So well, that, that usually happens <clears throat> when there's like, if the company's been like the profits have been extremely down, like if their investors are like pissed off. Not like because Bungie didn't get bought because they're not being successful or they're not bringing. That's true. Money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't. I can't see Luke Smith like getting fired. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he wouldn't get. No, exactly. They wouldn't get fired. But it's also like, well, he doesn't I mean, work in the game anymore, right? He just works on the other. Stuff. I don't know. Actually, <laughs> on media, I don't know either. He's now. Yeah, right. he doesn't work on the game game anymore. He works on like media and other things uh, they are pursuing okay, for that. destiny right. so the tv show the comic i don't know whatever they're gonna do but he doesn't work in the game gotcha gotcha right but 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 pete parsons i mean from a from a 3.6 billion dollar transaction he probably got a you know you know eight figure uh is that is that number right eight or nine figure maybe even ten figure kind of bonus from this this sale transaction 
I, w- I mean, would you stick around and work after something like that? Like, yeah, probably not. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple people leave because they they probably made a, a a decent buck off of this. And uh, like, I don't know. Like again, that happened to my old job. The the CEO and the CFO and the COO each made like. I mean, more money than you would even know what to do with in your life. And they were right. out of there in like six months. Like one of them some bought of those a plane are financial and like people, right? What's that? Like some of those are more financial people and stuff. Like I think for me, it's like sometimes more the creative people will stay with the project right. because of their love. Actually, it's even better for them because now they, they're they not working because they need, you know, money. Yeah. They're and, working and because they love the project. Right, and sometimes they'll stay around as like kind of in a consulting title, um, but like when you don't have an incentive to like stress yourself out every day, and you're sitting on fifty million dollars or whatever, you know, like I'm not going to go to work every day. I'll definitely come into the office once in a while and shoot the breeze and give ideas and kind of see how the direction things are going, but like. I'm not going to sit in board meetings and, and figure that kind of stuff out. So I wouldn't be surprised if a couple people step down um, again, not because they're forced to, but because, you know, they're, they can buy a Cadillac or a, a, a not a Cadillac. They can buy a sweet car <laughs> for every day of the week. Yeah. Okay. That's you have a different Porsche for every day of the week, you know, the the incentive yeah. there to to work goes away, so I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of the guys like leave because they're just like, yeah, I'm good. I I this is they've been building this this company for thirty years and they're finally getting like rewarded in like the most wonderful, excellent way. Um, so good good for good for them, good for everybody. I hope I hope all the employees got some kind of sweet bonus from this transaction. That sounds like that's what that one point two billion was. Um, like that's awesome. Good for them. Yep. Yep. So I think the main reason they, you know, accepted this, this deal was that they want to expand into like more multimedia stuff. And I think you guys all expressed interest in that. What do, what do you guys, what are you guys most excited for? Like, do you think a movie's the next thing in the pipeline or is there going to be like a comic book sort of style thing or I think maybe after like Lightfall when the changes will actually show up, I think then start to see more Sony stuff. Again, I have absolutely no idea, but I think once they kind of like get their foot more in the door with MG, I think we'll start to see more stuff like roll out on different, you know, movies, like maybe even like, I don't know if Sony has some kind of streaming service coming out, which I'm assuming they probably do because every, everybody is a streaming service now, but something like that. Oh, yeah. okay. You, I mean, I, do you think you think Sony will make a streaming mm-hmm. service, and then one of the first kind of exclusive things on there will well, be some I, kind I, of uh, Destiny, more like a like oh, a I can that. yeah, like a like what they're doing with on Disney Plus with you know all the spinoffs that they've had. Oh yeah, no, and that that seems oh. like a perfect place to manifest that. I think a TV show would would be received better than a movie. I think so um, too. Uh, I I would also I I would think what would be cool just kind of after we've kind of finished this like light dark saga of destiny i think it would be really cool to get like single player spin-off of like specific times like even like during or before the collapse uh or you know like what if we got a game that was devoted kind of specifically to like the saga of like shin malfor and dredge and yor and all that stuff like like spend 
a, a huge amount of detail on one very specific like era and time um, that we've only really heard about in like lore. I think turning something like that into a TV show or a specific game would be a really, really cool um, project that that I think could be done really, really well. Um, and I think if you do it right, you could have even more than just like us Destiny fans enjoy it. Yep, I think an arcane style TV show I mean, so on a streaming that. service. I, I think that's like arcane inevitable. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Do- Dota did it too now. Uh, there's a Dota 2 one. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more actually like uh, for me, it's either they go two completely different ways being Sony and, and the kind of content they produce. Like I'm giving up on the idea of the story about Thorn and all that dark stuff. I think if they do something and what they excel at is making some more like and not not that it's bad, but like kiddie friendly stuff, right? Something more accessible for younger people, and and that's a good thing for the game, actually. So for me, it's either two ways: either they go like the anime route and they try to bring in the the Eastern people into the game, interested, and maybe then something more dark, you know, anime style or Japan, please no anime and that culture, and then have like a very <laughs> kiddie kiddie friendly Spider Man ish Destiny movie for the West that, that brings the kids into Destiny, you know, I'm, I'm new people into Destiny. Because I think for the West, it's either like people who are really gamers, either you would like or don't, or, or don't care about Destiny at this point. So the only people that are going to be new players are mostly going to be the younger people. And that's like the ones you can bring in with like a, you know, Spider-Man-ish movie about Destiny. When you, when, you know, say, I, when you say that, what do you mean? Again, I, I just I don't think we're gonna see the story about Thorn and Lumina. I think we're gonna see like a very uplifting space cowboy kind of thing, you know? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But the but the story of Thorn is like a space cowboy. It literally ended with them having like a gunfight in a in Dwindler's Ridge or whatever. Like that is the most cowboy shit you'll ever have in Destiny. It was literally a a, a draw standoff. I I I think that's like. That is the most interesting story, and I think what is the most, and I, I, this is totally subjective, but I think that story of Thorn and the Last Word is like the most destiny thing you'll ever have in all of Destiny, because it's like good versus evil, this, this, like two hand cannons that are exotics. I mean, exotic hand cannons are, are what make up destiny, right? Like that's all there is in the game. Uh, like <laughs> I feel like that is, that is like the quintessential story of destiny. And I think you could, you could, you could make it an anime or you could make it like a live action thing. But I think a movie is too, like there's, there's way too much lore. This game is nothing but lore. And I, I feel like putting something like that in the span of two hours is just going to be confusing and horrible. Uh, and I like, I don't know. I just uh, that, or we get like a Destiny cinematic universe, which would be really stupid and, and exhausting. I don't. I don't. What? Want... I love or maybe, that. Or God, maybe you the go the, oh. maybe you go the other way, like a like a movie that introduces a bunch of stuff really quickly to people, like a super short story that has a lot of open ends, and then you get the TV show if you want to go more in depth, right? But I, I like for me, I would rather see both of them. I want the anime and I want the live action stuff. Like I think. They they appeal to different, you know, places. Yeah, yeah I think it would both be anime. Cool. I'm not skipping. I, you know, I think an anime is not entirely outside the realm of possibility, considering 
Halo Legends was a thing a long time ago, which is which is pretty much like very much anime style more so than like you know what mm-hmm. you'd see with like an arcane like 3D style animation. Um, so I mean, it's a possibility. I would like to see an animated project before a live action project, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think, and it, and it should be a TV show because because Robbie, yeah, like you were saying, like a Destiny is a very non-linear story. I mean, there's no way you're like adapting one of the campaign stories and trying to tell that story in like a movie or something. Right. That'd be ridiculous. Um, so I, I think, I think, yeah, I think the best route to go would be a TV show. And I think animation would be best because you have more freedom to explore with that stuff. Um, it origi- I mean, Destiny originated as a video game, which is animated. And it's hard to translate that to live action without a proper budget and stuff like that. And I mean, maybe we'll have to see how this Halo show does, and maybe then they'll consider a, a live action project. But I don't know. Considering the Halo trailer, we'll we'll see what it's happens. Doing really but, bad. Well, I know, I know, yeah, looks <laughs> pretty bad. I know. I think we talked about this when they when we were first mentioned that they had like job openings for at the on the Bungie website for like people for like with multimedia management experience. And I think we, I think we came to this conclusion that an animation makes more sense. Um, and I think we even talked about having something like in the spirit of like the animatrix where you have multiple like artists telling different stories and it being like a compilation of things. I think that that could be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. There's a, a, most of destiny is pretty nonlinear stuff, but there are a few events that have kind of extended things that, that are, that could be interesting and, and could be like kind of extended stories that could surmount into something that would be a, like a season worth of content long um i also do agree that it makes more sense to have it animated because i think one of the other things that we brought up was some of the armor i think would just look inevitably kind of weird in like a live action form like if you if you remember if you've ever seen any like the live action trailers from like d1 vanilla some of them look a little weird like the way like capes and hoods and cloaks yeah like it, it looks a little bizarre and it may not it may not translate well to like an extended extended thing. Now that being said, like something like the Mandalorian, like he's wearing full armor and that the looks budget on that is crazy. It's 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 Star Wars. I mean Yeah, again, this Destiny, is also, Destiny, this but, is space magic, so like anything yeah, possible. But they're but, they're never gonna get that kind of budget. Disney you know, or skill. And, I mean I mean, yeah, I mean that the example I always bring up is uh, Guillermo del Toro, right? The Mexican film director. Right. He had this story about vampires and he pitched it around for years and years and years. And it was just too expensive to make it look good. So he decided to make it into a book and he made a trilogy of books because in a book you can imagine it, you know, you, you, your mind does the whole trick for you. So right. you don't need a budget. And he did that and he never made a movie out of it. And then comes FX and buys the, the rights for the books and makes like a, TV show for it that inevitably comes up like looking you know bad because right. first of all it's effects and their effects are usually really bad uh, so people hated the TV show and every time someone complains about it it's just like well go read the books the books are amazing you know right uh, but the problem is that a lot of people won't do that so and I think this suffers from that same thing like they're not going to have the budget to do it especially for a first project that is right. not proven to be successful. So that's why I also agree that like the animated trout might be yeah. the best way. And maybe maybe that's what makes most sense. Like you said, for the first 
attempt is let's see if we get anyone watching this. I also hope that we don't, not to side tangent, I hope that we don't get another streaming platform. Like if Sony makes their own streaming service, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to give up. I'm so tired of having like eight different subscriptions for things. Uh, and we don't need another one, but I could totally see that being a thing, which makes me sad. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a possibility though. I think we'll definitely get a streaming service of some kind. I, I think again, to add on to the live action thing, I think it's unfair to compare like to something like the Mandalorian because that no, is I wasn't, one. all I'm saying from that is that Mando's armor looks decent enough uh as like you know like i'm trying to like i'm trying to translate like how would you make a titan look or how would you make a hunter look in live action and have it not look goofy mm-hmm. and have it kind of look like cosplay and all i'm all i'm thinking to myself is like mandalorian armor looked pretty good and it's not only the armor you gotta think about there it's like the the colors on the show and the cameras that they're using everything about the production is it's like basically film quality on a tv show right yeah. It's like a really a movie budget for every episode. And and that's what you get, you know? And and they're not gonna have that kind of equipment for something that is actually a TV show. You think with even with Sony money, they wouldn't put that kind of effort? I don't think they have I don't think they have the right people. I think Disney right, that's fair. has access to the best people in the business. I mean, if we're yeah. talking like industrial light and magic, who are pardon my French, like fucking wizards at this stuff. Like they are like the masters of this, and I think they're too busy with doing stuff like that to work oh, yeah. on like a destiny thing. But man, that's just me. That's fair. No, that that's fair. All all of that to say is you can make fantastical armor look somewhat realistic and not have it be totally goofy and look like cosplay. But some of the stuff in Destiny looks like when it translates to cosplay looks really weird. So. All of that, all of that to say, yeah, maybe they should stick with animation. Yeah. This is sometimes it's not even the budget. It's like Scotty says, it's the people. Look at Wheel of Time. It's got Amazon backing it up, right? And everybody expected it to look like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, and it doesn't. You know, yeah. even with Amazon money. Yeah, I, I think it does kind of come down to the the talent behind the projects rather than yeah. the money. But, but money, of course, also helps. Which is which is fair, but and again, but yeah. like look at Sony, they they have so many people over there that are great at doing animation for movies and and all these CGI stuff and all, also their animated projects that maybe are not so popular in the West, but they you know top charts in, in Japan and Korea and all that stuff. Like that would be a good combination and something that we haven't seen for like a Western video game. Like have some yep. Square Enix kind of animation like that good, you know, something like that would be amazing. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should probably switch gears a little bit and we'll talk yes. about weapon crafting is next. So they dropped their entire explanation, the TWAB, of how this weapon crafting thing is going to work, how the enclave and glaives and stuff like that. Robbie, I think you gave a good description earlier. Would you like to reiterate that? Oh, quick recap to as to what it thing? was. Yeah, yes. go, go ahead. It was good. Yeah, as it was? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, guys, for reading this, but okay. So this is what I understood because I was, uh, I'm, I was confused, and I'm still kind of confused, but basically you're going to find a crappy weapon 
that, that has a red border around it, right? Like I, I call it the use me then dismantle me weapons. Because these weapons, you get them, they have a specific thing that you can get, like a perk or a barrel or, or a mag or something. You use them for enough time. I don't know if we're going to have to do something specific or not with it, like crucible or strikes or, or just kill these or get headshots or something, or just use them in general with the perk you want. And again, I don't know if once you unlock this perk, you kind of keep it forever. I know some of the, it's not like you can put every perk on every weapon. Some of them are going to have like perk pools still. So it's not like you can put chain reaction on something that shouldn't have chain reaction, right? It's going to have to accept that perk. And I don't know if you keep this perk forever or you have to get another one every time you want another one of these ones in a new weapon. Um, and then you go to this forge thing, that the enclave, that I don't remember how it's called, sorry, and you craft your gun, right? Then you get this gun that is basically in a crappy state as well kind of like a D1 that you have to unlock the stuff. But it's not just about using it. It's about using it and paying materials, glimmer, and cores to unlock the things on it. And also you improve things like the frame itself. So, you know, you keep putting materials and investing in it and investing your time in it. And eventually you're going to get the gun you always wanted. And as far as I understood, if you want to change something on it, so let's say you were like, I don't like this mag anymore. I want to try another mag. I kind of think you have to kind of start over. Maybe not with the whole gun, but the whole process of like leveling it all up again. And yeah, that, that's what I got out of it. I don't know if you guys uh, have anything to add. Yeah, it's kind of unclear if you have to, how far you have to start over because they said there's like a shape and then there's like a reshape option. And then they didn't really specify what, what goes into that, but I, I think you might be right when you have to like reef, like harness or uh, harvest the uh, deep side resonance things. Um, Rob, so so my personal reaction was to this is that it, it just seems like kind of grindy, but you, you guys were talking about this earlier. Rob, you were saying you don't mind the grind aspect of this. I think, yeah, I mean, we, we had a very long-winded conversation before we started the, the podcast, but um, I think having a deterministic way to eventually get what you want is, is ultimately going to be the final goal of this. Um, how many hours you have to put in, is it going to be four or five hours or is it going to be like 20, uh, to get the specific exact quote unquote God role that you want? Um, is interesting we don't know what that means like you said if we reshape it are we going to lose progress or have to start over from the beginning um i also kind of like the idea of maybe you've got a weapon that you know you you put let's say outlaw rampage on it because that's just kind of the easiest like generic archetype you put that on there uh that's kind of like the role that you want you know it's got accurized rounds and full bore and it's just the the range monster that you've always wanted for pvp um but then eventually you kind of get to the point where maybe new perks come out and those perks become eligible to put on that weapon. Maybe it's a couple seasons down the road. Well, you know, this weapon that you've used for a long time and you kind of want to see it manifest itself in a different way. Like what are the, what's the potential you do for that? Or maybe, maybe you use it um, and you realize that you can reshape it and turn it into a totally useful PVE weapon because now it's got uh, like subsistence on there 
And now you want to you want to swap out outlaw for subsistence and have it be way more useful in a PVE aspect. And now you don't have to grind for a second one. You can just go and reshape it. Um, and maybe it keeps all of those those kind of the leveling up that you've put on it. But now you've given it a, a new purpose and for a new activity. I think they didn't they didn't go into too much detail about how that kind of stuff works. But ultimately, that's how I see it is like you're investing time into this one specific weapon that will maybe eventually kind of be your, you know, maybe maybe a particular season there's no champion mods uh, for that particular weapon, but a season comes out, now it's got anti-barrier, and suddenly that weapon has utility in, in uh, GMs, and you want to put a perk on there that's way more useful for GMs, like one for all or something like that, and now you, you have that ability. So it's kind of, I think I think having agency and being able to, not necessarily be stuck to one specific god role and being able to reshape it to how you find utility in it for a particular purpose, assuming that it's not so egregiously expensive once it gets down a certain road. I think having that is such a cool thing that we've never really had before. Um, besides, maybe the closest you could argue is when House of Wolves came out, all weapons that dropped in that time, you could reforge at the gunsmith. and there was a lot of problems with that because ultimately there was an argument that certain weapons only had one specific good set of roles. But ultimately, you could have a weapon that was good for PvP, but now you want to use it for PvE. Well, you can just re-roll the perks on it if you want, and now it's suddenly good for PvE. I think that's something we've never had before. I'm excited for that. Um, and I think there's just a lot more possibilities. And yeah, if you have to grind your ass off to get those rewards, like... That's not an issue, I think, in this game. And I think having grind is something that's inevitably always good to have because there's the folks that get stuff done super quickly. And now having something that maybe takes a long time, but the reward is always, you know, there's at the end of this long road, there is a reward that's worth it. Then I don't see what the problem is. Having more grind is grind, but that's always what's healthy for this game is when there's always something to do. That's true. That's true. And, and this is something that can kind of be like a passive thing that you can right. progress through like during a different activity while you're doing your typical like power grind or whatever. You could be progressing this sort of thing. So that, that's kind of nice as well. Um, and, and like you said, it, it is another thing to do, which is nice. Uh, I, I will what, just the, oh, the one last thing. The one last thing I want to say is my one concern with all of this. And, and I, I brought this up when we were talking earlier is I just, I don't want the Thrallway to be the answer to this. And that if you just load up the Thrallway, you'll be done with all the grinding for that one weapon in like a day. And it will have sort of defeated the whole purpose of this system. That's the only thing that worries me. And I I really wish that the Thrallway wasn't a thing anymore. Uh, or or hopefully, like we, like one of you guys brought up, like maybe the the requirements to actually level it up require you to do other things like complete strikes or get wet kills with it in strikes versus like just being able to sit in the thrallway for an hour. So that's like my only like I hope that this isn't the punchline is, well, yeah, it's a grind. But if you just load up thrallway, then it's not a grind. And it's like, well, then what's the point of having this? So that's my only concern. Yeah, I, I understand that. So I guess my question to you would be, if you are not a fan of the throwaway, let's say the throwaway is like the the meta, quote unquote, to uh, progress this thing, would you use it because it's super quick or would you just play the way you would want to play normally? 
So that's, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And that's ultimately the, well, no one's holding a gun to your head and forcing you to load up the Thrallway. But the fact that it's available is kind of like, and I've, I've used the Thrallway before out of like desperation uh, to get certain catalysts <laughs> done. Uh, I think everyone has in some capacity or, or use something similar. I mean, there's other, like you can, like the beginning of Grasp of Avarice is kind of a new Thrallway uh, in, in a certain way. Um, you don't have to use it, but I think it's really unfortunate when there's people that just sort of exploit the game and it's like, you're kind of being a fool if you're not taking advantage of it. Like I, if I had known the loot cave was a thing, I didn't find out about the, the original loot cave glitch in D1 until like a week after they patched it. Um, but had I known it existed, yeah, I probably would have used it because loot drops were so miserable at that time that that was kind of the only way to get certain things. Uh, and if this is one of those things where it's like grinding for it is so miserable, but you can circumvent the whole process, then everyone's just going to do it. And if you're not doing it, then you're a fool. And like, what's the, again, it's like, what's the point of having kind of this intention and design around you're, you're encouraged to use the weapon and all these activities and level it up and kind of grow with the weapon and feel rewarded because you've put all this time and energy into it. It's like, why have that design philosophy if you can just go around the whole process? And I, I think it's like, again, you can play the game however you want. That's totally fine. It's your prerogative. But it's like, are you cheating yourself? Or I don't know, it's kind of a weird philosophic debate. But I just I hope that it's not the 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 punchline to this whole system. I get what you That's mean. That's all. Yeah, because like, because like, if you do decide to not use the throwaway, it's still going to be in the back of your mind. Like, oh, right. Am I wasting my time? Yeah. Could exactly. I just go 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 back and do that? Yeah, I, I see what you mean. That makes sense. Um, Will, what what are what are your thoughts on this whole weapon grafting system? All of it looks cool and looks good. Uh, the only thing that I hope we don't have is like a transmog situation where <clears throat> like they're not telling us that there's something extra we have to get or have to do bounties to get, and then we could purchase it through Eververse. Like if that, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I just, uh, oh. you know what I'm saying? I highly doubt that would be a thing, but I, I mean, we have it on armor. Why would, you know, I, I don't think it's too out of the realm to say that we might have it for weapons. Mm, you can buy a package with like a bunch of rampage perks. <clears throat> right, exactly. Or something you can, yeah, you can spend money on to get more of, but you can actually do it through game, but it just takes longer. But does that does that start encroaching on the pay to win model, which is something they've never really done, and I don't think they will do now. Yeah, and that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Weapons is kind of different because it's you don't like you don't shoot with your armor. I, I don't. It's kind of a dumb way of saying it, but you know what I'm saying. It's not. It's more how you look. It's cosmetic. It's not actually tied into anything game related. Exactly. It make you better. Exactly. At the game. Um, but being able to being able to buy a rampage perk, right? Is and, and I'm not. I'm not saying they're gonna do it. I'm just saying, like, I'm, you know, that's a little iffy, a little sketchy. No, that's so valid. That's valid. That's my only gripe about the whole thing. I mean, like, I think it's a little convoluted, and I think as we play it more and actually get like an idea of and sense of like what we're supposed to be doing and like get down with the pattern, I think it'll be way better. But yeah, that's like my only little, you know, nervous pick about bringing this into the game. Right. Yeah, and and I kind of agree with you when you say it's it's convoluted. Um, I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays in game. Of course, this is just their their thing. But you know, Bungie has kind of a a track record for overcomplicating processes that should be relatively simple. Uh, example: uh, 
track transmog obviously so i mean we'll see how it goes but i guess yeah my my concern i don't think they'll do the i don't think they'll do a pay to win model i don't think that's going to happen but obviously it would be awful if they did i don't think they will but i think yeah my biggest concern would be just like i think this might be too convoluted just like transmog was I mean, even if they do like let's say you get your pbe control the only thing you did was basically you know rob yourself from the enjoyment of grinding pbe content which is for most of us fun and if you buy the perk for pvp and i get the pvp god roll that doesn't mean that will is just gonna destroy me anyway you know so is it really pay to win i'm still gonna be the same potato i am well, but, but i think having an like a pay model of being more successful and like having more options i think i don't think it's very healthy I think armor, yeah, you know, I it's agree. different I don't think, because I don't think it's yeah. all cosmetic, but I don't think having like, oh, well, just because you have more money, you can therefore craft more weapons. I don't think that's healthy, the game. Yeah. I mean, if no, they yeah, want to do I, it. Yeah. I don't want to see it either. I'm just saying, like, even if they did it, it doesn't work for this game. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying, like, that's the only thing. I'm like, that could potentially ruin the whole entire thing is if, you know, they bring all this cool stuff and they're like, oh, by the way, and you can pay for this if you don't have any. And it's like, well, that's, you know. I yeah, think but, that that's like throwaway, but worse. You know, like having that. Yeah, I don't think the throwaway thing is a big I'm 100% going to go into the throwaway. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'll be in there. But, <laughs> yeah. That's just my own. But, but yeah, but yeah, like, like what I meant was like, it's it, it, like another easier way to like get something. Just to like right. bypass the entire system. Right. You're not actually playing the game. You're just purchasing it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and uh, here the reality of it is, is people are always looking to cheat the system. And I know maybe cheat's a strong word, but it's like there are already videos on YouTube of how, like, I kid you not, it's how to power grind to 1500 for Witch Queen. It's like the, the, the content's not even out yet, and you're making guides for something that theoretically is the quickest way to get to 1500 in two hours or three hours or whatever. And it's like, it's not going to be any different. It's just like, it's really frustrating when, when Bungie comes out and kind of has these like very apparent design philosophies for how the game is supposed to be played. And I know that people live to exploit any possible thing that they can. But it's well, like this is not exploits. I mean, you you said it's the, the grind is this is the game. It's a grindy game, right? And, and a lot of fun for me is optimizing the grind. You know, like literally optimizing. I think a lot of those things are not exploits. They're just optimizing their time. Yeah, I agree. Mm, some but, some of them are exploits, though. It's just like loading into the same zone over and over again. That's not so you can get a specific check. Yeah, it is exploiting. But you're not breaking the game. You're not changing it's the not game. How it's intended to be. It's not intended on how it's to be played, but, though. But if it wasn't intended to be played that way, then it shouldn't be in the game in the first place. I agree. It shouldn't be like Thrallway should not be a way to just. You shouldn't be able to just load up for four hours and get any catalyst done. Like that's that's otherwise they should just give you the catalyst because that's all you're doing. Like that yeah, that's you, apparent. But you can't like, fault uh, the player for for grinding and you know wanting to play the game the most efficiently possible. No, of course, I, I, I ex you're absolutely right. It, it but it's a it's a design flaw in the cycle. Correct. Is, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like I I, it, I don't know. It's a very, <laughs> but like personally for me, if I gotta get a catalyst done, I'm either at a Shiro Chi checkpoint or I'm in the throwaway. That's because, like, I don't really think that it's, I don't know. That's a discussion for a different time. I want to get too off topic. 
but no that's fair yeah fair enough i guess yeah that's a different design flaw that's been present for a while but but yeah again it's being unearthed again with with this new system so because it because it's another one of those things where it's just like kill kill a bunch of stuff and there's there's yeah. just so many ways to like exploit that i feel like um what do you guys feel about uh where i thought on a positive note we're going to be able to craft uh an exotic smg and the exotic glaives which is kind of cool i'm curious how that's yep. going to be different than crafting the legendary ones like you're going to get to choose from different intrinsic exotic perks or is it going to be kind of like Hawkmoon, where it's like you get to pick from different like base legendary traits to add to your exotic i thought yeah. it was going to be more like that shark looking smg that i was talking about on d1 Plums like building it up and so no no he's, he's it, talking I'm about sure. necrochasm and the oh the, the yeah. husk and all that crap yeah the husk of the yeah so you get all these things you have yeah, to go yeah, here yeah, yeah. do like this little quest and get parts and get kills and right. get fusion rifle i don't know like all this stuff and then you end up with the exotic right but i don't think it's going to be like a put outlaw rampage on it if you want to yeah uh, i'm curious what it's going to be and my guess is that it's going to be like i mean i kind of hope it's going to be a little more exhaustive than this but like i'm thinking it's just going to be like hawk moon or dead man's tail where it's going to have like your intrinsic thing and you can't change that and then you'll get to pick like a random perk or something yeah and then maybe change the barrels and whatnot i think i think this is just like last all of last year beyond light each like especially in season of the hunt where the 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 name of the game was doing the the you had to kill the yeah and like this is just kind of how how does it change itself how does this game manifest itself in a different way it's like now you're gonna get weapons in a different way and doing some different seasonal activity and this is you're in rather than just grinding and and running the same activity over and over again so you can finally get that um that wave frame uh grenade launcher that you wanted you just get the one and now you're grinding perks on it and getting kills with it and and going the cycle is then you going back to the the enclave or whatever the heck it's called to to be able to craft it and make it slightly better so that you can get more kills with it and like that's going to be the gameplay loop um so it's it, like I, and i think that's how it's going to be with the glaives like you said you're going to get some perk with it maybe at the beginning it's not even going to have a trait like it'll just have its intrinsic perk um, but then eventually we're going to get a quest where we unlock something so that we can start putting rangefinder in it or whatever, you know, whatever will make that glaive more interesting and, and feel kind of unique to you. So I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be stages, I think, uh, but it all going to, it's all going to come around just you getting kills with it and grinding with it. Yep. And I, I like that. I like the idea of like getting one and then the bulk of the cycle is you using that weapon in various activities racking up kills with it getting a feel for how it should be and making it stronger and better and have more utility the longer you use it i think that's cool too it kind of forces you to play to uh play with it and all that i think that's, that's right. fun i think it's a fun um fun little thing so we are also getting sandbox changes and they dumped a lot of sandbox changes on us right after the crafting um, explanation. So I'll start with Will. Will, do you have any PvP thoughts on these new sandbox changes? What, what, which thing specifically jumped out to you most? Um, let's see. 
There's so many. I gotta. Uh... I I listed out some ones that I thought you would like. Will there's Felwinter Sniper is getting a cone angle yeah, adjustment. Not a fan. Not a fan. Felwinter Sniper. That's what people used to call it in D1. Uh, DMT hipfire is getting a rate of fire change. So that's got to make you happy. Love that. Chat, your your buddy Chappie is getting a range nerf. There, yeah, like there wasn't anything that was bad. The only thing I thought that was like not enough was Lawrence. I think the shooting yeah. their flinch is not enough. You needed. I'm kind of sad Arbalist gets thrown in there because Arbalist already had the flinch and the everything. Everything yeah, was adjusted a terror to play twice. Against, Ar- yeah, but Arbalist is still really good in PvP. Yeah, it is. I, I, not I as good as Lorenz, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's because of the perk more than anything else. The, the PvP, like the perk, the intrinsic perk for Arbalist isn't as great as Lorenz. I think that's going to hold it back regardless. Um, the Teraba, when I was really excited about, that thing is filthy. Like, yeah. if, if you turn a corner and somebody has a charged up Teraba, there is nothing you can do about it. You can't. I, I, yeah. I have... I mean, it's scary how fast it kills. Um, Lumina, Lumina, I like that gun. I'm glad that's getting a buff. Um, one that that was, 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 yeah, yeah, it's such I a fun gun. That. I do too. I love it. Yeah, it's so super fun. Um, so Acres, too. Yeah. Acres Scepter is getting a buff with the forty percent, or is that just? No, oh, it's, it's it's getting the, a buff. The super thing. Well, it's getting a forty percent increase in damage to rank and file ads. Which is right. crazy to me. That thing is already... I don't know if you guys have played with it with a good stasis build. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's a it's great It's like a stasis turret. Already. Yeah. Um, Forerunner, I'm excited about a bigger mag for that one. Um, the, the change to the 150 hand cans will be interesting. Um, I don't even think Jack Queen King is available to get anymore, is it? Well, so that's, that's what I'm... I, so I added that as one of the notes. They explicitly call that Jack Queen King and uh spare rations right uh i'm assuming both yeah. of those are coming back which so i'm you, excited about because i love jack queen king i do too i love jack that one got so much fun year one um spare uh, rations would be fun to get back to with updated yep. perks um the icalos smg one i didn't really understand that one i was like i actually have fun with that and like quick play or something i'll just like throw it on if i want to use smg it's not shiguras and that, that one kind of felt weird to me um the biggest it's thing just, was or it what fell is, off so bad. Like it, it was the best gun in the game with the warmind tails. Yeah, and then but even without the, the warmind tails, everybody stopped using it. So, yeah, but I don't know why they nerfed it. it. It wasn't like it was overused or like. And these are like yeah, these are like PVP related. Felt kind of nerfed. weird. Yeah, it's plus one oh. zoom, minus five range, yeah, minus nice. seven stability, minus eight handling, minus five aim assist. Like what? I don't understand that one. Yeah, I don't play a lot of PVP, but I've never had problem facing. Yeah, Eichelos same. Before. Like if I get killed by an SMG, like an Eichelos, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like that's that's a, see that a lot. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like Shira's is different because that thing is. I'm shocked they are not doing the something range. to that. Yeah, I'm shocked because that thing, like a good Shira's Wrath player, is probably one of the hard, like a Titan with uh, Peacekeepers. Not Peacekeepers. What's the ones that do the SMG thing? That is that is Peacekeepers, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so, but. Yeah, I'm shocked that wasn't getting touched. Um, but there really isn't anything... Headseeker, I'm excited for that to get a buff. I'm not the buff I wanted. Um, I'm sitting on a... Um, outlaw Headseeker. Um, the, me- the Messenger, so that'll be fun. Eager Edge, I'm cool with them nerfing that. That thing's obnoxious to play against. If somebody has a sword, they just whip it out and go halfway across the map. 
Um, there isn't any. Uh, the shabby changes were long time coming. There isn't really. I, I, they're not shaking up the meta. I think as much as they usually have in the past, unless we're getting some kind of big other change that we don't know about. I think it's mostly just exotics and then a couple things that I think I saw mostly buffs here than nurse, which I'm okay with. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I think you're right. Like usually, I could be wrong, but judging my memory, it feels like right before a big expansion, they like shift the sandbox. Like right, they like touch numbers and then specific weapons. And I didn't see a whole lot of that here. There's more just like tuning, which I'm, I'm I think the meta is actually pretty fun. And it's a couple outliers. I think the meta's in a pretty good spot. Um, I think and maybe, well, maybe that's why we're not getting a whole yeah, lot of yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that. Right, I don't think it needs to be shaken up. I think everything is pretty balanced right now, except for um, rapid fire pulses. Or not rapid fire, lightweight pulses are horrible, which just makes me sad because I like those. But um, just gonna buff. That'll be good. And then scouts. I think scouts need some love. Actually, okay. So I was using the um, what is it called? Terrible names. Besides stuff I use every day. Um, the Contingency plan last night. Trials for Bannerfall. I had, I think, the second most kills I've ever had in a Trials match. Shit. They are, if they get any kind of a buff at all or touch whatsoever and it's a buff, those things are going to be disgusting. They're pretty much like a, just like a long-range auto-rifle. Right. With better, auto, better stats. So, um, yeah, but other than that, there wasn't a whole lot that's really being shaken up besides the outliers that are just kind of killing PvP, like Lawrence, Chaperone, Slugshotties in general. Um, I think Invis needs to be touched. Invis is a little, I think, too hot, I guess you would say. I, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, again, it hasn't been a problem until Stasis got nerfed, but all the Stasis mains went to Invis. Yeah, so, but wasn't there something with the exotic chest piece? Uh, yeah, you can get like, damage resistance. Even on PvE, it became a problem because, and I'm as a warlock main, this hurts me to say, but this season, the best PvE class was the Invis Hunter because you could not die. You could be invisible a hundred percent of the time during a GM, like literally. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a problem. I think in PvP it's a problem too. I mean, it's like you play three invis hunters, you don't see anybody half the game, and they're all off radar, and then all of a sudden you're dead from a mile away with a chaperone. The dude's invis, which I think invis. I think it was to be just hit a little bit, not like anything too crazy, but especially on console where you can't really like you know, turn around on whip around on somebody as fast if they're invis running around the corner. You know, you just happen to see them. I don't know. That's just my personal personal opinion, personal gripe with it, but. I'm interested for the void subclasses, though. See what they do in PvP. Maybe that's when they'll touch on invis then, once they start messing with the uh, void yeah. subclasses. Mm -hmm. Right, and maybe there's stuff in the works that we don't know about that you know you have right. to eat your grenade or take you know you <laughs> sacrifice your grenade to be able to dodge again or something. I don't know, but that's or they do they do something like with mask of Bacchus where it's like you don't start getting your dodge cooldown until after you become visible again or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I hate that exotic. <laughs> right. Rob, Rob, how do you feel about the uh, PVP sandbox changes? Uh, I think it's all generally good. Uh, they talked briefly about the special ammo economy change. Um, I was, I got excited when I started reading that paragraph and then I had to read it again. Um, when, like, it's good that they're getting rid of, like, the bonus special ammo that you can get where 
where so now it's like you only get one piece of ammo unless you have scavenger mods getting two. I think that's oh, the, still doing the problem. Still haven't. Yeah. Okay. We still yeah. have scavenger. So they like, did mention it though. So they will. Yeah, they did, they did mention more. it, and they if they need to do another pass, they will. But I I don't think the problem was periodically getting like four or five pieces of ammo. I think the fact that scavenger is a thing and every drop gives you two, it's like because of that you can always have exponential growth. Every every one kill gives you two pieces of ammo. I think that's the heart of the problem, not the the every once in a while getting like a fat stack it's it's the date like the every single encounter giving you potential for more i think that's the root of the problem and i think it should just be clamped to one like there's no reason it that it should be one to one if you get a kill with your fusion rifle you should get one fusion brick back but the fact that you can snowball and get way more like i was playing the other night and at one point i had like 12 or 14 shots with my fusion rifle because i just kept getting scavenger like that's a problem. There's no reason I should have that much ammo. Um, yeah, because it be it becomes your main weapon. Exactly. It's too it's too easy for the special to still be your primary um, with scavenger. Yeah, I agree. I, so it's nice that they're doing something, and they they did say this is maybe the first of of two parts. Um, but I don't think it's enough. But again, I'm always of the fan to not change up too many things at once. Uh, so we'll see how this goes, and then maybe we'll be having this conversation in three months where it's like, yeah, we decided we're just going to get, like, scavengers are just not going to work in Crucible. I'm like, great, done. Yeah, I, I hope it's not three months. I hope they make the decision a little bit quicker. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. see another D, like, D2 year one situation, though, where we get so, you know, specials bad and all this stuff, and then we go back to, like, a... I mean, to be fair, I did like the top primary meta, but, like, it didn't have the same power fantasy as D1 did. I don't want to go back to where like everything is super slow again because nobody has special ammo. That's what I would do in some like when I was playing comp and stuff for a while. Like when I saw that people were relying too much on those things, I started running double primaries just so they wouldn't get a green brick out of me. Yeah, but that yeah. Only, that only works. Does, I mean, they start off with special ammo every round, so it's kind of redundant. They'll have it anyways. I'll get it off your teammates. Yeah, but I. So I, I agree with you. I think I think special ammo has always been a weird like in D1 it had its own problems and I don't I don't necessarily think the way that D1 the ammo economy in Crucible is in a good spot um, especially with sidearms being like you always spawn with sidearm ammo. I think that's a huge problem and like always going to be kind of a permanent stain on there. And so I think there's always going to be a problem with either there's too much or not enough ammo. Um, but I think I think when when you can run around and your shotgun or your sniper or your fusion is your primary weapon, that's a problem. Yep, I, I fully agree. Yeah, but with how inconsistent shotguns are using basically 90% of your ammo anyways to get one kill. <laughs> are they that inconsistent? They're so bad. They they are they're they're pretty anything good. besides an aggressive frame with like top tier perks is just I, I agree with you I think I think shotguns should be I think shotguns should be very very consistent in a very specific range <clears throat> um, and but and and I think same with like fusion rifle fusion rifles should not be able to map people they need to be constrained to a very specific like effective range and same with snipers like each one of those needs to hold a certain place and value and right now like shotguns are, are pretty 
pretty maimed and and can only like you're lucky if you can get a shotgun melee off and get the kill. Um, there's there's definitely some problems, and I think they've they've just done so much nerfing. And so that being said, if they do nerf the economy to the point where you're only getting one shot per brick, then I think shotguns do deserve to be somewhat brought back up so that you can reliably kill in their effective range as long as that range is well understood and mastered. Um, this is something I said a long time ago. Was like I'm okay like if they want to just gut the range on shotguns, but make every single like shot inside of a five meter like range i guess or like what you know is scaled based on the archetype of course but right get just a one hit kill every time but just yeah. gut the range fall off I'm, i would be so i would be cool with that that would not bother me at all yeah do you guys think the the dmt nerf is enough no i didn't like it <laughs> destroy it delete it i mean one 130 is a weird rate of fire um I don't know. I think it's it's kind of weird. It also it doesn't, on paper doesn't look like enough. One fifty no. RPM to one thirty catalyst hip fire rate. Really, like that's. The, I don't know. That was the whole point of the gun. Like keep firing. It was the way, and it was it, so yeah. fun and it was so good. And yeah, maybe it was a bit problematic in PvP sometimes, but I don't Streaming. think it. I don't think you would see it as often as you did when it came out. Now. At like I think there's so many other good things right now that it wasn't like the Lorenz or something that would stick out as much. I don't know. But it's the my issue for me is like you're killing it for PvE and, and you're like stripping it of its essence. And I know you guys don't hip fire it, but like that was the whole point of it. I think they should have like changed the damage numbers in PvP and kept it the same. Because like right now it does eighty four to the body when all other high impact scouts do only eighty. Yeah, I would be super okay with that actually if it like, you know, tuned for PvP and then high, high impact let scouts it be do on like PvE. High impact scouts do like sixty eight to the head. I'm talking body shots. High impact scouts I think I thought it was eighty to the body. No. Eight? To the body? That's like 37 to the body. You're talking about like Jade Rabbit or something? Like 150 yeah. RPMs? Yeah. yeah, they do like 68 to the head and 37 to the body. That's that's a huge thing. High impact scouts need some love. That's This is a side tangent, but in playing D1, it is horrible what they've done to high impact scouts in D2. Like, I, I don't know why they're such that's, in a horrible spot, but all of that to say... I, issue. Apps are too yeah, small. Yep. But, but there's, there's thing I think no. about shotguns, like the five meter thing would be nice, but a lot of times it's like I get caught, you know, in a corner turning around in quick play is not because, you know, don't let them get too close to me. So like, I would still die from shotguns. It's, it's a map issue for me most of the time. Yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Fair. Maps are way too small, way, way, way too small and too many corners, much clustered, cluttered stuff. That's again. <laughs> I think that's the same thing about the, the scouts. Like they, they don't have a place to compete with the five meter shotgun. Yeah, I mean, I just not most bad. of the times. Yeah, but like, if you have a hand cannon out and somebody is in five meter range of the shotgun, you're dead anyways. You know, you're not going to yeah. hit yeah. three headshots when somebody's bomb rushing you. you. Yeah, yeah. And then one more thing I want to touch on is that I think we're going to have to talk about bows in the near future because. They are, uh, especially the monarch is just oppressive. Like the yeah, body we, shot we damage does. I didn't see that one. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't say anything about bows in the top. That's yeah. more I'm saying is like I don't. You know, 
they they need to be special ammo or just gut the body shot damage. But that's fair. Yeah, yeah, we we did we did touch on that um, in a previous episode, but they didn't say anything about it in the TWAB, which is which yeah, is I was surprised they didn't see Lemonark. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Expecting that one to be there for sure. And they they didn't even mention it at all, did they? Um, not like a hey, we're looking at this sort of thing. I don't I mean, even they, say a word about it. Wow. It's the only distracting, issue I had. Distracting us with like all those other things. Yeah, just, we'll <laughs> yeah. noticed. We'll noticed. <laughs> well, because it's just so broken. Like I'm, I get hit in the head one time because I was sliding, and I'm out of the fight for about ten seconds while I'm regening. I can like, put my controller down and play a game of chess. By the time I come back, I might be healed. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, like I don't no, know. It, is, it, it just slows the game down. I, and that or just make it special. Keep it the same. Just make it special ammo. It does exact same body shots like a low impact sniper does. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, and they're easier to I, use than a high, uh, or a high impact or high rate of fire sniper. Infinite ammo. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I one thing I'm looking forward to on the PV side is uh, all primary exotics do forty percent damage. Yes, that's that's Wait. super cool. I'm I'm really like that they're um, do forty percent more damage. Wait, all all believe primary so. PVP yeah. ex- or oh, no PV in PVE PVE. All, all against, primary exotics I, do more damage? Yeah. Oh, I must 40%. have missed that one. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, increased damage versus miners and PvE by 40% exotic primary weapons and trace rifles. So, like, think like Sunshot, Graviton Lance. Baby Skyburners. Baby Skyburners. Yeah, I don't know why you guys <laughs> don't like it. do against Cabal. That'll just... That'll just... Not even that. It's 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 so fun. It's another weapon that you hip fire. Yeah. You get the tracking it's things like that explode, yeah. and you just literally just it's, it's like taking a piece on all of them. Like just just keep the right. trigger held down and da, 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 and then you'll blow up. It sounds so satisfying yeah. too. Well, and think about think about like because they also said uh, note this change applies to all exotics that use primary ammo and includes most secondary effects. So I'm thinking like uh, outbreak Sun- yeah, sunshot, sunshot, like. Yeah, I, I it's so great that they're like there was no reason to use a primary exotic. Uh, how about this? So like this is this is amazing and awesome. My, my and thing then, though is that and then it, we get Lemonarch again in the conversation. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be the best like for Trinity champions goal, and for rad players. Yeah, well, and and because bows are gonna have uh, anti barrier next season, so that's gonna be great for for GMs and stuff. Uh. My, my only like concern I, is that it's 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 only miners, which I guess is true. I mean, still, true. Counts, still counts orange bars, right? They're still counting as miners, correctly. No, I think those are bosses. Because there's, let's see, on the adept big ones mod, it says extra damage against powerful combatants bosses. So I think those are yeah. considered powerful. Yeah, yellow bars are majors, majors yeah, and yeah, bosses. It's like somewhere in between. Champions are um, yellow bars are majors, and champions are. A mix in between a major and a boss. That's why Vorpal works on it, and it works better with Vorpal and major instead of right. Vorpal and boss. So yeah, I think I think miners are just red bar because in the previous uh, bubble or bullet they say pulse rifles take slightly too long to kill red bar enemies in PVE. We're buffing their damage <clears throat> versus miners. So I think basically right there, red bar equals miners. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. But that's still. I mean, there's still red bar enemies in GM Nightfalls in in Nightfalls. Like, there's still some utility there. And nothing. Um, yeah. I don't use primary exotics ever in PVE. 
Um, right, but this is this is an incentive to right. maybe do that, and that's like I'm just thinking like graviton lance with the or, the explosive effect from that as well as yeah. maybe or thorn yeah, graviton or thorn shape. yeah thorn will be awesome thorn lumina will be like a super useful utility weapon especially it's also getting its additional buffs yeah i'm just i don't know i'm trying to picture this and i don't know if that like still like fully warrants that because like yay i do like 40 percent more damage to a drag like i i don't know I think I that was what I was talking about earlier about me being in the open world and just headshotting everything because I'm at like an overpowered space cowboy. I feel like in a GM, if I encounter a major, a champion, a boss, it's okay if they kind of, you know, kick my ass a bit. But yeah, like I have no that, problem with that, that power fantasy of, of, of killing the red bars, you know, I, I think it doesn't hurt because a lot of them anyway on GMs would take like, red bars would take a lot of shots with like a scout right so now if they take a bit like half of the time it's not gonna change that much yeah but you're also you also have to think about some of like the secondary effects of like huckleberry and trying to get rampage going on that because remember that's still like a kind of vanilla rampage or again graviton lances maybe all you need to do is nuke one dreg is to kind of get that that chain going of its explosive effect or same with sunshot right like yeah. taking out one enemy in a small group allows kind of accessibility to to kind of do other things because you've been able to take it down so easily like yeah it's not going to be the the end all solution for everything but being able to take down red bar enemies and clear some ads in certain circumstances is going to be super useful well, yeah, that, we don't know how it's going to work out because maybe this opens up the gate for a bit of a rework for higher-end content. So maybe right. instead of getting like the one champion and a, a you know a crap load of red bars, now you get like still the crap load of red bars that are going to be more inconsequential, but yet you get more champions, you get more yellow bars with right. those champions and things like that. So actually, that would be like a nice, interesting way to see how the difficulty works when you can yep. actually clear the trash. Yep. It's interesting there. Uh, Ruinous Effigy is getting a small buff on the defensive side, the whole guarding with the sphere thing. Uh, and, and apparently, transmutation sphere multi-kills now count for orb generation. Apparently, that didn't happen. Uh, you, you know, Ruinous Effigy is is a gun that I think has very cool fantasy, but I've never really played with it. So I don't know, it's kinda kinda it's cool to see fun. it being Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kinda list is super fun. If you got two people with that thing running around. And and I thought the same thing like you did, but you know what I think is gonna happen? It's gonna have something to do with void. There's gonna be some integration for it somewhere that we still don't know about. That that's my yeah. only guess. Yeah, mm. could be. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. And then another good, good, good news sort of thing is uh, weapon foundry uh, origin traits or origin, yeah, origin traits uh, are coming back, which is super, super cool. So basically, what that means is all these foundries are getting their own unique, like perks, if you will, not not perks, but but traits. So all the foundries are going to have more defined, unique identities, which is which is pretty cool, I think. So yeah, so can we can we? Can we talk yeah. about this for a minute? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is this is something that I have been dying for since the launch of well, no, since the launch of D2, because I, I want to. I, so there, I put a link in our uh, kind of notes 
um, there's an, a TWAB uh, from July 23rd, 2015, uh, that was actually written by Deej, uh, which is kind of cool. And this was when they introduced the weapon foundries. So this is when we got introduced to Hake, uh, Amalon, and Suros. And I'm a Tex Mechanica fan, though. Where's the love? Well, but that, <laughs> at the time, all, all you had was the last word uh, prior to, to Chaperone um, and First Curse, I guess. Um, but in here, they introduced each of those and they gave sort of what the design intent was. And explicitly in there, they gave information like Amalon talent grids focus on behavioral perks over stat customization. Legendary talent grids are the only weapons that offer three perks. One is the first non-scope upgrade uh, and two is binary choice in the first column. Perk selection favors perks that are energy based and go beyond weapon interact with the wielder's abilities or status. So this is something that they introduced in the Taken King was super awesome, especially with like Arms Day and how they did perks in in that. And it was such a cool thing. That was also when Hake had the pulse rifle that would always shoot four shots instead of three. And for some reason, they've given up on that. So when D2 came out and they still had these Hake weapons and Amalon and Suros, but then just completely got rid of this whole design philosophy, which was super important to the identity of weapon diversity, something that they came up with in the Taken King, and it's just been abandoned since 2015. They're finally coming back to it, and I think in such an amazing and wonderful and ridiculously great way. So this is like, I, I cannot like describe how excited I am to finally... Also, they're just, they're just completely uh, scrapping the old world loot pool and replacing it with all of these weapon foundry weapons. So it's like, I'm so happy that we're getting a refresh uh, that is so sorely needed. And I think they're doing it in such a strong, super cool way. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Super um, cool. yeah weren't we like just talking about how yes. the loot pool needs a refresh? Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. And, and it's, and it's so cool because it's like, they're focusing on the weapon foundries again in a way that is so, so sorely needed. Again, it's all these, it's all these amazing creative things that they came up with in destiny one that they just kind of abandoned for no reason like i think people really liked the idea that like hockey weapons had this very specific identity and some people really liked using the auto rifles uh because of how they felt or the pulse rifles because they fired that fourth shot i still think that's something that needs to come back looking yeah. at you half dan um but like this is such a cool thing and and the 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 traits that we're getting in the th in a, in the introduction of the third column is such a cool idea, but like the Amalon fluid dynamics, that one is like the most intriguing where uh, you get like stability and reload speed for the first half of the magazine. That's such a cool thing that we've never really seen before where it like it actually gets worse as you deplete your magazine. So for people like me that really like to reload after every kill, this is such a cool like like you get you get rewarded for doing that. And it's going to be very specific and unique to that Amalon identity like so awesome i'm yeah. i'm 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 elated i'm sorry i'm i'll stop no i love it i, I love your enthusiasm because like one of the reasons why i love text mechanica now right. is because the text mechanica weapons feel so unique right yes compared to the other ones that they feel sometimes samey samey like i can go from one scout to the other omolon or whatever and they all kind of feel like a scout rifle but text mechanica yes. had identity so i love that instead of trying to do something new with a whirlpool or whatever they went back to an idea that, yeah, maybe it's something that's coming back, but it's like a something good that's coming back, you know? Yes. And it's also got me excited because I want to see how, how these things... And even like the silly thing about the Omolon fluid, 
like it, if you think about it kind of like as an actual thing you know the, the gun is full and it's more heavy because it's it's full of liquid you, you're going to be more stable yeah less liquid you're less stable you start getting more recoil like the fact that all that is like thought into it you know it's so cool to me i love it yeah well what about you um I, yeah i'm not like into that whole entire thing <laughs> 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 Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, cover your ears. That's fine. Uh, no, you guys have covers ears. I just don't know a single thing. I just think if it's cool and shiny, great. If it's good, great. Like, if it's not good, I'm not going to use it. So, yeah, that's. Yeah, just... but like you, you were you were just talking about the that scout rifle that you were using um, yesterday, right? The contingency plan, right? Well, that's a that's a vice weapon, so it's going to have chance on damage to partially refill this weapon's magazine. So that keeps you in the fight longer. And it's something that feels very unique to that weapon. Like, I, I understand if it's, like, underwhelming, but it's, like, it's such a cool, like, oh, yeah, like, I like using vice weapons because they have this, like, neat extra little bonus perk that, like, there, there's something to that that makes gunfights now more interesting because it's explicitly that type of weapon. Like, it's just such a cool, it's just something new to approach combat that we've never, I mean, this is this goes above and beyond even what we got in D1 with, with the foundries and kind of their identities. Um, that it's I think it's just like... It's going to shake the, the, the sandbox so much it's... too because like the first thing that you see is Suros 40, plus 40 handling, 20% flitch resistance after reload, right? And, and on the image that's right after it is like a Suros shotgun. Right. So like this is going to affect PvP a lot too. Yeah. yeah. I mean like I'll, I'll play around with stuff but like as far as like wanting foundries to have like... The... Yeah, I mean, like, it's, again, it's, like, not bad, but it's not something that, like, I, that's not the reason. You know, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, like, say it without, like, not sounding like an idiot. It's just, like, not how I play the game. But if it's not good it, or not It will it. be. I think, I think the way it's going to work is, like, you're basically going to have, like, a, like, an archetype on top of the archetype of the weapon. So if you're, if you're like, a person that loves handling, you know, you're going to try to find that really good hand cannon that maybe is this or that other foundry. And if you're a person who does like a lot of PBE and loves subsistence, you're gonna try to find a weapon you like that is maybe on this other foundry that that refills your magazine. So okay. you're gonna find the weapon you like, the kind of weapon you like, and then you're gonna go try to make it even better by it being the the foundry that helps your playstyle. Right, okay, and fair. I didn't think about it like that. And and this also gives the question of like, well, with weapon crafting, why even care about anything else? And it's like, well, because you have these weird things that are unique to these these world drops. And that's that was ultimately that's true. kind of the big the big question is like with with weapon crafting, why even care about anything other than something that you can craft? It's like, well, because you're still gonna get these these weapons that have very, very uh unique feeling kind of feelings to them because they they fall into this this identity of well it says it's a a weapon uh forged uh from one of these foundries versus something you forged yourself so it's like it just that again the the more diversity having more diversity like you said it's like it's perks on perks like it's just it's such a cool okay yeah. I, i'll probably need more time with it to like yeah oh yeah totally as far as like some getting these might be terrible Right, as far as getting excited <laughs> for things, that was not something that was like, oh my gosh, like that makes you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm also intrigued by the hockey breach armor. Is it hockey or hockey? Whatever. Uh, 
the weapons deal increased damage against vehicles, turrets, barricades, stasis crystals, and it says uh, stasis or turrets include stasis turrets plus 15 to vehicles and 30% to structures and turrets. It's interesting that they included structures in there. Like what is like what does that mean? What is getting what is getting added to the game that structures and being able to do damage to them is relevant? And I, turrets. I, I thought it was the you know on the on the video they showed the Titan doing that new thing with the exotic where he would put a wall of stasis and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah, I, like, yeah. I have a feeling that in the campaign or the enemies and stuff, they're gonna have like some kind of stasis powers now, you know. Right. That that's what I thought. That's a possibility. I'm yeah. also I'm also wondering if we're gonna get this this is a stretch. I I and I know you guys can tell me to shut my mouth after this. I'm wondering if we're gonna get some kind of PvP game mode. Um because like vehicles seem so infrequent that like why mm. include vehicles and turrets unless we're actually gonna have Well yeah. turret might count Shrieker. I thought Shriekers count as vehicles. Uh, oh well, either way. <laughs> I but but regardless, it, it's interesting that they're including damage bonuses to vehicles and turrets when that hasn't really been that much of a useful. Like I know Vorpal does additional yeah, damage Vorpal to vehicles, does it. Yeah. but like you don't carry like, Vorpal because of that. You carry Vorpal because of the other half, right? Of of course, but it's like why include this kind of additional damage to something that's like not really been in the game that much yet. It's it's being like emphasized as something unique to hockey. Uh, I'm just I'm curious if we're getting something in PvP that's like got turrets because that that was a thing in in uh, the the bigger maps is they had turrets and vehicles and I'm just wondering maybe we're gonna get something like that. So I just or bring I, or bring more vehicles into like nightfalls too. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like tanks and like even if we get to drive them, that would be cool. Like the one strike where you get a chance for the tank to spawn. Right. Like some some longer, you know, open area parts where you know we're fighting vehicles and stuff. That would yeah. be cool too on PvE. So yeah. all of this to say that this this kind of makes you think that there's more that's coming out than we realize. And they just they're they haven't told us yet, but it's like why include turrets and vehicles as like a bonus point when like right now that doesn't really matter. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I, I could see vehicles. I mean, there, there's a significant amount of like, uh, what you call it, like you know, those cabal tanks in in strikes and stuff like that. I know that's true. I mean, Proving grounds and arms dealer both come to mind right away, and they both have what at least two tanks each. Maybe Proving Grounds is one, but but yeah, I mean, there are strikes with vehicles in them. That's fair. That's so fair. I, I I would say. I would say don't get like super excited. Yeah. But I'm I also hopeful. Yeah. I'm also yeah, That would have been cool. All right. So I think that's that's about all the time we have today. Is there anything else anyone wants to touch on? Nope. All right. Cool. So thank you guys for hopping on and talking with me as usual. And thank you everyone out there for listening. We will see you guys all next week. Bye. Oh. You can put this voice recording away and go on with your life. Because you and I both know you'd have me yapping in your ear for the rest of your days. Want to further the discussion? Get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found at our podcast description.